We give you glory, Lord, as we worship you. We give you glory, Lord, as we worship you. You are wonderful. You are wonderful. Oh, Lord, Lord. You are wonderful. You are We give our wonderful. You are wonderful. You are Yes, indeed, you are wonderful. You are worthy of all our praise. We lift you high, we exalt you. We honor you, we magnify you. Thank you because you are the only God, the King of glory, the ancient of days, the everlasting Father, the rock of ages, the I am that I am, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the way and the truth, the bread of love himself. Lord, we give you praise. We exhort you, we worship you. Accept our thanks in Jesus' name. We have come this morning to feed on your word. Holy Spirit, speak to us yourself in the name of Jesus. Speak to us yourself in the name of Jesus. I hide myself behind you, Holy Spirit. Speak to your people in the name of Jesus. And let everyone go back home today rejoicing in the name of Jesus. Meet everyone's need, even by this word today, in the name of Jesus. We return the glory back unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Praise the Lord. Please, we can have a seat. We continue in our series, The Power of Praise and Worship, and I trust God to help us to complete it today, even though we have. 30 minutes there about, but we trust God to help us to be able to do it. The power of praise and worship, part four. In part one, we emphasize the true meaning of praise and worship. In part two, we emphasize that as a child of God, no matter what you are going through, any circumstance you find yourself, you are to praise and worship God. Irrespective of your condition, irrespective of what you are going through, we are to praise and worship God. For that is actually the solution to any problem you may be passing through. And we have been commanded to worship and praise Him, to give thanks in all situations. And in part three, our emphasis was on the importance of praise and worship in prayer. The importance of praise and worship in prayer. And we learned about the Jesus formula, which is ratio 7 to 3. If you want to look at it from John 11 story, and another story, ratio 100% of praise and 0% request. And know what I translate to? If you have to pray for one hour, what we said was, 
Minimum, you must praise and worship God for 45 minutes. To ensure God is there, then your prayer becomes very cheap, cheaply answered. It's not just about saying it, saying it. Are you sure God is there? You need to ensure He's there. Then your prayer becomes easily answered. He said, before you ask, I know. Whatever you want to ask, I know. All that should be important to us is, do I have God's presence in this place of prayer? Today, by God's grace, the part four, we're going to be emphasizing the how of praise. What do you do in the place of praise and worship? What are the things you do to express your praises, your worship unto God? And He will accept it from you. We take our text from the same Acts chapter 16, verse 23 to 26. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. Verse 25, which is our emphasis. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. If you have other translations, it says, Paul and Silas, they prayed and sang him unto God. And the prisoner heard them, 26, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison was shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's hands were loosed. The power of praise and worship, part four. In verse 25, I read it from New, the Message Bible. Say, along the midnight, Paul and Silas were at prayer and singing a robust hymn. How are they praising God? How are they praising God? Praising a robust hymn. <laughs> that, that's an adjective, or what do you call it now? <laughs> I'm an engineer, so I don't know English very well. <laughs> a robust hymn, which means they, are, they were offering him a quality hymn unto God. That was how they praised God. So there's a how to praise God. There are things you do in the place of praising God, in the place of worshiping God, and your praise will be acceptable. We saw in Matthew 26 30. And parallel with Mark 14, 26, we said, And when they had sung an hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. That's talking about Jesus and his disciples. After the Lord's Supper, when they had the communion finished, during the communion, Jesus sang hymns with the disciples. So you don't, tomorrow somebody says, you don't need to sing. Did Jesus ever sing? Thank any him. Did your Jesus worship God? We established before that even with his prayers, he praised and worshiped God. After he had given thanks, he gave them the fish and the loaves, and the miracle happened. So, Father, I thank you because you answer me. I'm not saying it because of me, but because of this, so that they will know that you are the one that sent me. Lazarus, comfort. Praise God. 
Now, before we take you through what are those things, those simple things you do in the place of worship that make your worship to be acceptable, I will take you to the last point on how powerful is praise and worship. We have considered the first four. How powerful is praise and worship? We say praise and worship is the weapon to attract God's presence. That's number one. It is the weapon of deliverance and evangelism. Number two. We say praise and worship moves God to answer prayers beyond expectation. Number three. And number four, we say praise and worship destroys satanic obstacles and hindrances. If you miss those messages, please, I encourage you. It's on our website. You can go and listen to them. Now, today, the last point on the how powerful is praise and worship. Praise and worship are powerful weapons to gain victory. And I had to that, to gain victory and wealth. To gain victory and prosperity. Say, how do you mean? Okay, I'll show you now. Praise and worship is what? A powerful weapon to gain victory and wealth. Second Chronicles 20, 15 to 25. Second Chronicles 20, 15 to 25. We'll try to read as much we can read. Because when you read the scripture, the message goes in better. Now, this is a story about Judah, a part of Israel, after the separation. Joseph was the king. And three nations, Ammon, Moab, and Montseer, they combined to come and face this small Judah. No, it's like when three develop, developed nations said they want to fight against a developing nation. It's just like when the, 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 the trial of, uh, let's say, U.S., um, U.K. now, and uh, Russia. Let's say, probably that is possible. <laughs> they want to come and fight Sudan, South Sudan. You know what I mean. <laughs> Praise God. That was the scenario. Even if you are the king of Sudan, so to say. Sorry if anybody is from Sudan here. Apologies for that here. I'm just looking at a developing country. Now, Josephus went to God. When he saw that these three nations were coming to fight him, the Bible says he went to God. That God, I can't fight this battle. God, the one that can fight it for me. And the Lord proved himself. How? In verse 15, 2 Chronicles 20. And he said, I can ye hold Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou king Jehoshaphat. Thus said the Lord unto you, Be not afraid, this is the man of God speaking, nor dismayed by the reason of this great multitude. That we don't be afraid of that enemy against you. For the battle is not yours, but what? God's. And verse 17, Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourself, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, start, not be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Now, this is where you see our God proving himself as a man of war. 
The following day, in verse 21, and when he had consulted, that is, this is the king now, I'm jumping because of our time, and when he had consulted, verse 21, with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army, and to say, praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. Now, they were going to face three nations. They did not go with missiles. They didn't go with tanks. They did not go with nuclear bombs. They went with what? With what? They appointed singers to stay in front and to be singing praises unto God. You see why when we say come to church and be part of praise worship, you don't come. You only come when it's time for a message or when you're about to close. They positioned the praise worship leaders, the Levites, and said be praising God in front of the army without any sheet. If the enemy throws arrow, no sheep. But what? There was a spiritual sheep. They were praising God as a weapon of war. Now, see what happened. In verse 22. And when they began to sing and to praise, please look at it very well. The Lord sent abusement against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Monsia, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. Hallelujah. When they were singing, the Lord sent abusement against their enemy, and they were smitten. How? Look at how God did it. Verse 23. For the children of Ammon, that is one country, and Moab, two countries now, stood up against the inhabitants of Monsia, utterly to slay and to destroy them. And when they had made an hand of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. <laughs> Your God is humorous. This God that we serve, he made the enemy to see themselves as their own enemy. And they began to kill one another. Because God came to the same by the praises of his people. In verse 24, and when Judah, by the way, Judah means what? Praise. Judah means what? Praise. When Judah came towards the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, they were dead bodies falling to the head and not escape. I see all your enemies that have been pursuing you. That say you will not fulfill God's purpose for your life. The Lord will deal with them mercilessly in the name of Jesus. No, there are our God is a merciful God. Oh, Holy Spirit, should I have this? This morning I was having my bath. And Holy Spirit was speaking to me. I said, God, you said. Jesus said, I have not come to destroy. 
when, like, when did John and James said, Jesus, tell us to command fire to burn these people. Jesus said, no. I have not sent to do that. But, when Judas Iscariot crossed his boundary, did Jesus pray for him? Jesus even helped him. He said, what do you want to do? Do it quickly. There is a boundary. Any enemy that refuses to repent, when he gets to a boundary, consumed. That is why you don't joke with any child of God. You don't joke with this God. It's a merciful God. But if you cross your boundary, you get consumed. Peter was with a right motive. He said, Jesus, I will die with you. Jesus said, I have prayed for you. Did he make it or not? He made it. But Judas Iscariot, he was hiding. No, it's not me. It's not me. It's not me. Is it you? It's not me. He was hiding with a wrong motive. Jesus said, what you want to do, do it quickly for your destruction. Praise God. Praise God. Now, the ultimate reward after victory. Let's, let's, see, let, let's see that. After God did that. Now, for you to see this, this God, I told you it's, it's a powerful weapon against enemy to gain victory over your enemy and for prosperity. Now, look at this logic. In verse 25. And when Josaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance. Do you see that? Both riches with dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off from them, more than they could carry away. And they were three days in guarding of the spoil. It was so much. Now, how can you be going to war with Jews? They were supposed to come to war to take what Judah has. But God programmed me that you should go with your resources. Because I'm going to defeat you and to be transferred to my children. Because they praise God. You see, you see the God you serve? If you're on the side of the Lord, that is when you enjoy this. If you're not on His side, I cannot guarantee your safety. But they praise the Lord. When they praised the Lord, the Lord sent abusement against their enemy. He destroyed their enemy and he made an exchange of all their resources transferred to the children of God. So will you praise God? <laughs> David knew this secret of the power of praise and worship. And that was why David we always be conscious of calling that the presence of God before doing everything. And it was recorded of David that David lost no battle. Can you link it together? He was a praiseful man. I never lost a battle. If God be for us, who can be? I think that message is passed for that. Look at what David said in Psalm 18 verse 3. And we call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemy. And we call upon the Lord in praising, in worshiping. And I will be saved from my enemy. Psalm 68 verse 1 to 2. Let God arise and his enemy be scattered. 
and let them that hate him flee before him, as smoke is driven away. So drive them away as wax melted before the fire. So let the wicked perish at the presence of God. You see, David? David mentioned about what God can do to your enemy when you live a praiseful life. In Psalm 18, verse 17. Psalms 18, verse 17. It delivered me from my strong enemy. You know, many of us, you, you have enemies pursuing you. You are almost at the verge of giving up. But look at what David said when he was a praiseful person. He said, He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them that hated me, for they were too strong for me. Because he knew how to hand over his battle unto God by praising, by worshiping him. In Psalm 105, verse 24, and he increased his people greatly and made them stronger than their enemies. This is David, a man after the heart of God, a praiseful man. So please consciously make maximum use of this great and free weapon of war. It is free, it is great, it's left for you. It is powerful than any jet fighter. In fact, powerful than nuclear bomb. How many can be having witness? Nuclear bomb. <laughs> Praise and worship is powerful more than nuclear bomb in the place of battle. But are you using it? Now, let's go quickly. The list will help us now. What are some biblical ways to praise and worship God? Number one, true thanksgiving, appreciation, and gratitude to God. That means you open your mouth and say, God, I thank you. God, I praise you. God, I am grateful. That's the first step you do if you truly want to praise and worship God. You need to voice it out and open your mouth. In Hebrews 13, 15, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips. Do you see that? So you don't praise God close to your mouth. You praise him, tell him, the way you tell your lover, I love you. Do you say in your heart to your lover you love her or him? You open your mouth and say it. So you need to express it to God. God, I love you. God, you are wonderful. God, you are glorious. You need to open your mouth and say it. Psalm 69, verse 30. Say, I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. In Luke 17, 11 to 19, we saw the story of ten lepers that were cleansed by Jesus. And Jesus said, go and meet the priest after the law. As they were going, the ten of them discovered that they were cleansed. The leprosy is gone. But out of the ten, only one turned back. I said, Jesus, thank you. 
Jesus dá Yahweh. Jesus Eshe. Jesus Shukran. We need to learn to do this. Jesus said, We are class ten people. Only one came. Where are the remaining nine? So you can imagine each time you don't give God thanks, you don't give him praise, you don't appreciate him. He's missing it and he's waiting for you. And you can imagine if you don't do it, what will happen? Second Thessalonians one three says we are bound to thank God always for you as it meets. In the message Bible we say you need to know, friends. That thanking God over and over for you is not only a pleasure, it is a must. You see that? It's okay, we just, we just okay, praise and worship time, it's just a fun food time. No, sorry. It is a must for you to thank God. We have to do it. Number two, ways of praising and worshiping God through singing hymns, singing psalms, singing spiritual songs. That is why. As a child of God, you are not permitted to sing worldly songs. The song you sing, the lyrics must align with the Bible. See, but there's nothing wrong in the song. Just, just enjoy yourself. Sorry. You are not permitted to sing any song that does not align with the Bible. <clears throat> are you with me? You said you sing Psalms. That is the Bible. You sing hymns and sing spiritual songs. You see that in Ephesians 5, 19 to 20. Speaking to yourself in Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody. And that's the next one. Making what? Melody means what? Sweet song. Sweet song. See, song that when you are hearing it, it's like you are, you are taking biryani with spices. <laughs> Praise God. Sweet songs, they're making melody. You don't just sing anyhow. You sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs unto the Lord. Give it thanks always for all things unto God and Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Number three, true singing in tongues. And many, many people that don't believe if you speak in tongues, you find it difficult to believe this. <laughs> but you sing in tongues. You think what? In tongues. Look at it. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 15. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray in tongues. And I will pray with understanding. I will pray everybody will hear. And he said also, I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing in, in tongues. And I will sing also. With what? Understanding. So when you see somebody singing beside you in tongues, <laughs> you better just face your own and be singing your own. So what is this brother doing now? <laughs> it is acceptable for you to sing in what? In tongues. Number four. By playing musical instruments. You, you know that, of course. Psalm 150, verse 3 to 5. Pressing with the sound of trumpet, pressing with the statue and harp, pressing with timbre and dance, pressing with string instruments and organs, pressing with loud cymbals, pressing 
upon high sounding cymbals. No, we don't have the, the whole drums. We'll show you what cymbals mean. Yeah? Psalm 144, verse 9. Say, I will sing a new song unto thee, O God, upon a satry, and an instrument of ten strings will I sing. Our God deserves the best. When you read Psalm 3, verse 3, it says, Sing unto him a new song, and play skillfully with a loud noise. That is why you see choir. You know, the last time we had in housing in May, and the Lord glorified himself, the program was wonderful. People were saying, we should be having this program every month. <laughs> For that program to be like that, the choir had vigil. Minimum three hours vigil, more than six times. When you are sleeping, choir were rehearsing here, practicing, and many other rehearsals. That's why God said, play out skillfully. It is your God. So you don't do things anyhow for God. How else do you praise God? Number five, through dancing. <laughs> I'm touching some places now. I'm committing sin now, right? <laughs> Psalm 150 verse 4. He said, praise him with timbrels and dance. Please, let's see, let's see, let's see. Are you there? Is dance there? Is it correct? No, please, let's look at it. Is, is, is that dance? What does it mean? To shake your body. It is not a thing to dance. This is me. If you don't dance for God, huh? You will dance for doctor. Say, so why does it jump, jump, jump? You know, it's, it's, it's dancing also. <laughs> you are supposed to dance in the house of your God. Now, permit me to say this. Before I got born again, I enjoyed parties. When we go to party, we dance. When you are in, 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 in those parties, you are excited. You dance. Wonderful. You sweat. Nothing is wrong for you to dance in the house of your God. Let's not spiritual. Oh, no, I must do like this. No, God, I don't want to disturb God. He said, praise him with what? Dance. Praise God. Second Samuel 6, 14. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. Which means he was dancing and sweating. Are you with me? He danced out. He was not doing, our God is good. He's good. He was, our God is good. He was dancing with all his might. Let's look at the Bible. He was dancing and sweating. Psalm 149 verse 3. Let them press him in the dance. Press him in what? Look at it. Are you there? Press him in what? In the dance. So even if you don't open your mouth, you are just dancing. You are just dancing. You are what? Pressing God. How else do we praise God? By kneeling and bowing down before God. Kneeling down and worshipping God. With your two knees on ground and bowing unto Him. You praise God. Psalm 95 verse 6. Oh come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. If you cannot kneel before God, 
be need before ROP. So when they have to kneel down, some people will even stand up. Who gave you that kneel? This ball on your kneel. If anything happens, get removed. That leg is condemned. And you can kneel down and say, no, if this place is dirty, man. How can I be kneeling down? No, pastor, it's just your own. Kneeling down before your God shows humility that God, I am nothing. You are everything. It's what you should do naturally without being forced. How else do you praise and worship God by lifting hands unto the Lord? Psalms 134 verse 2 Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Psalms 63 verse 4 Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. You know, some people find it difficult to lift their hand in church. If only you will go to a royal hospital. And you see some people that don't have hands. They have to cut the hand. You go to a hospital, some people, they have to hold their hand and clamp it. Because if, you, if the hand moves, pain. And they say, lift your hand. Say, man, why should I lift my hands, man? Let's just worship and let's listen to the message. When you lift your hand unto God, you know what you are saying? God, I surrender all. How else do you praise and worship God by clapping hands and shouting unto God? Let me see you clap your hands to Jesus and shout glory! Hallelujah! Amen! Where do you see that? Psalm 47 verse 1. He said, Oh, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God. It's good to be a gentleman. (laughs) It's good to be a gentleman. But it is not a thing to shout unto God. He said, Shout unto God. Who gave you the voice? My father and the Lord was sharing. He said, I was his sister. He had cancer of the voice box. And they had to remove the voice box. She couldn't speak again. So when she only communicated by text, send the text. But the Lord restored it. The Lord healed that sister. That's when they, when they said you should shout. If you want to know it, go and ask Brother Amen. What it means to, for God to give you voice to shout. How else do you praise and worship God by making joyful and loud noise? You see it again? Joyful and loud noise. Psalm 94 verse 8. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all the head and make a loud noise and rejoice. You also see that in Psalm 23 verse 3. Um, Number 10, how do you praise and worship God? By giving God quality and sacrificial offering. When you read Genesis 4-4, Abel gave his first fruit unto the Lord. That was how he expressed himself unto God. That was how he could say, God, I thank you. He gave the best of his earnest unto God. 
Noah, when God delivered, God wiped out the whole world and left only Noah and his family. By the time everything was over, the Bible says in Genesis 8, 20-21, Noah offered burnt offering on the Lord. And verse 21, And the Lord smelled a sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart, When you give unto God, what are you doing? You are praising him. You are saying, God, whatever I have is from you. I give it to you. You give quality offering, sacrificial offering unto the Lord. David said, God, I want to build you a house. I want to build you a house. You, you see, when you see the Bible say David is a man after God's heart, David has paid the price. God had to stop David from building house. But you know what David did? A smart man. David bought everything required for the house. <laughs> he bought everything required for the house. And Solomon, of course, led from the father. He gave a thousand offerings. And what happened? Ever opened. And it was given open check. So you praise God by giving quality and sacrificial offering. Praise the Lord. Now, let's, let's wrap it up here. There's one warning I want us to be very, very careful of. I've observed a lot of people, you know, we, we are in a church where we came from different backgrounds. And it's not wrong. Some people came from churches where you only just stay like this to worship God. Some came from where you jow, you jump, you do everything. It is right. But, hear this. A warning, please. Don't condemn people the way they praise God. Don't judge people the way they praise God. You are not the one that made them. If you can't join them, then maintain your way. Go and ask Micah. In 2 Samuel 6, 14 and 20 to 23. When you get them, you read it. Micah was the daughter of Saul, given to David to marry. David danced with all his might. And Micah said, see you, see you, a old king. You are dancing. You even remove your royal robe. And you are dancing before those, uh, those uh, servants. David said, ah, it is because before the God that made me that I'm dancing. The one that rejected your father and appointed me, I'm dancing. Say, I will even dance more. And look at what happened, the painful part of it. Verse 23. Therefore, because Micah condemned the dancing, therefore, Micah, the daughter of Saul, had no child until the day of her death. This is the only person in the Bible recorded barren and died without a child. So please, when you see somebody dancing, jumping beside you, if you cannot bear it, then close your eyes and face your own God. Then take the curse. Please, don't listen to me to one else on, on this. Because some people, you are just judging. Oh, because this way, this boy that jumping, this boy that is so costly, he doesn't have the manner. No, his person is God. I've given you all the five different types of praising God. When you say somebody praise God, if, if Michael joined David, probably that first month, that month, 
she'll be pregnant. But she was busy condemning. And she got condemned to eternity. Praise God. We're going to hand here. The divine secrets about power of praise have been unfolded to us. As we use this weapon at all times, I see the Lord make you live a victorious life in the name of Jesus. As you use that formula of Jesus, you will begin to have a pleasant, enjoyable, fulfilling, and answerful life in the name of Jesus. And I dedicate to somebody's life this morning, this afternoon, that you press in the way you are inspired, the way the Lord gave Joseph and Judah victory. The Lord will give you victory in the name of Jesus. The Lord will give you victory in the name of Jesus. Let's be on our faith. Let's be on our faith. Just go ahead and say, Lord, I just thank you. Just go ahead and worship the Lord. Just press in. Just worship in. Worship in. Worship in. And if you are here, you are not born again. We're giving you the opportunity to give your life to Jesus. If you are here, you are not born again. Please, tomorrow might be too late. Surrender your life to Jesus and your worship and praise will be acceptable before Him. Is anybody making that decision here? You are not born again, you are here. Can I see you lay your hand, put your right hand on your chest, and begin to have some forgiveness of your sins? And ask for Him to have mercy on you and forgive you of your sins. And you will live a life that pleases the Lord. Examine yourself. If you are a sinner, still you are living in a sinful nature. The word of God came to us. He has spoken to your heart. As we have come to the last table, it is another opportunity for us to examine ourselves. Very especially those who do not know Christ in their life. Those who do not accept Christ in their life, it's a time for you to commit yourself. If you have put your hands up, is there anyone who do not know Christ? Please put up your hand. Today we are praying. You pray yourself to confess before the Lord. Today is an opportunity given to you. Do not miss it. Don't miss the chance. If you are in this house without knowing Christ, opportunity is given to you to accept Him, to confess your sin before the Lord. Our God is the grace, with full of grace and mercy. He is ready to forgive you if you look unto you, look unto Him. Is there anyone? Close your eyes, all of you. This is Father, again we thank you and praise you for speaking to our hearts, Lord, to how to have victory through our praises. Yes, Lord, you thought it. Lord, many of us, Lord, do not have that knowledge 
or the secret or the value of praising you. With all our heart and all our mind and all our soul, in all of our, even the body of Father, the body, through our body, you expect us to glorify you. Yes, dear Father, you have given us the good health and the strength. Lord, you have blessed us. Everything is to glorify your name alone, O Father. Father, bless your servant. Lord, let more of your anointing be upon him in the days to come. Let you speak to us through him and also to each and every one of us. That in the coming days, we will worship you differently as you have spoke to us, O Father. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Please take your seat. Now is the time for us to go to the Lord's table. And please open your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 from verses 23. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 from verses 23 to 32. I'm not going to read it for you because of the time, but I will bring it to you few things for as a reminder. What we know from this scripture, why it's a reminder, come to us month after month. It is not a ritual thing. And as all of you know that it is the sacrament of the churches, and we have to follow it. So there are two elements here. One is the bread which kept before you. It represents the body of Christ that was broken for our sins. When we come to the Lord's table, we have to remember this. When you take part in this, you are acknowledging, agreeing, and thanking God for the body of Christ was broken for you. And also the cup represents the blood of Christ that was shed for our sins. You remember, identify. When we are taking part in this, it reminds us that we are all one in body, and that is in unity as a one body, and we are all one with Christ. When we take part in this as a coming in union, we are identifying ourselves one among all, and also with Christ, and glorify God. With a thankful heart we have to come. And the explanation concerning this table is, first of all, Paul explains from 26 and 27, he says that we are showing our preaching, our proclaiming the Lord's death till he comes back. We remember his death and also we are commanded to proclaim the, our Lord's preaching or what we are preaching and proclaiming his death. Each one of us is a preaching our faith and the sacrificial death of Christ to our sins, then we take to the, the Lord's the bread and the wine. And it is the most important message that we all should have to preach. That means nothing but what we heard and the concluded of this message, accepting Christ that we are sinners, and we confess our sins to Him, and He has forgiven and he has died on the cross on our behalf. And uh, one of the things is mentioned here is to examine ourselves. So always the word says that 28 through 32, when you go through 28, that we should examine ourselves before we partake in the Lord's table. This concept can be uh, explained in two ways. That what are the two ways? One is confession, second is the chastening. 
This is what the verse says. What is the confession? Verse 28. Sin has to be confessed by name to our cause. We have to be very specific of our sins. When you examine yourself before coming to the Lord's table, remember, leave it to the Lord. Let the Holy Spirit remind you. And if He reminds you of your sin, confess before Him. You have to confess for your sins. So, that is the very, you should have a clear conscience before come and take to Lord's, take into the Lord's table. Secondly, about the verse is about the chastening of God. What does it mean? The person who takes partakes in this Lord's table without confession of sin is inviting judgment of God. If you do not come before confessing, as Lord reminds you, you yourself taking judgment upon you. There is no, you are not leaving God to chasten you. So in that case, when, once you are confessed of your sins, of course, God's judgment may not be there, and uh, God will forgive you. Then God does not have the discipline you in your life. So dear children of God, this table is kept before us for those who accepted Christ in their life as a Lord and Savior and obey the Lord into what is a baptism. If anyone who do not know, please refrain from this and uh, so that as the word itself exalts you and comes to you personally and uh, you take care of yourself and do not be let God to chasten you. Let's close our eyes once again. This is Father, we thank you for the bread and wine which you kept before us. Bless it and sanctify it as we are going to take part in this. As you spoken to us, remain each and every one of us. Holy Spirit of God, take charge over us. Speak to us, remind us of our sins. We confess before you. Lord, forgive all of us sins. And as you are taking part, as you reminder, help us to proclaim the suffering, the death, the burial, resurrection, and coming of your Son, Jesus Christ, to this world. In Jesus' most exalted name we pray. Please coordinate or uh, cooperate with the ashes as they are guiding, since the time is short.
chapter 3 verse 16 says this for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life 
verse 17. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. If you want to paraphrase that and replace the word world with you and me, it will read like this. For God so loved you and me that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son in, in order to condemn you and me, but that you and me through Him might be saved. If we have shared of the bread and the wine, it is not a ritual. But we need to see, we need to understand the depth of God's love. A love that none of us can ever exhibit. That is God. But God in His love looked down upon us and said, I need to die for them. I need to die. So shall we just take a minute to say, Father, we have just tasted of your body and blood. But if it was not for you, I am condemned. I could do nothing to save myself. Just thank God that he hung on that cross. He hung, hung on that cross not to be an exhibition. He hung on that cross not to just make people mock at him on that cross. He hung that you and I might not be condemned, but that you and I might live. For you and I to live, God had to die. Church, can we appreciate that? Can we just take a few minutes to say, Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done on that cross. And as we have remembered today, by taking your body and blood, we remember that today I live and tomorrow my future is sure. Because you died on that cross. Thank you, Father God. We just want to give thanks and praise and honor unto you. Father God, if it was not for you, where would we be? Father, we just want to take this time to once again glorify you, praise you, worship you, Lord. Father, give all thanks to you, Lord. Because you truly are an awesome God. A God who is so mindful of every one of us. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you care for us, you minister unto us, you talk to us, you teach us, because you want us to be with you in heaven on that great day. And Father God, we will not fail you, Lord. We will be there on that great day. Father God, we thank you and we commit every one of us into your hands. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Church, let's please exit towards the right side because refreshments, this side? Yeah, refreshments are on this side so please, again, the work is